That's the sound of the triumphant playoff horn. I'm your host, Chris Kawild. Clippers win. Clippers win. With me, as always, my broadcast partner, Burbank Hank. Everybody, Henry Dittman. Come on. Woo! Oh, my Lord. What a big win, man. Great game. Great, fun, entertaining game to watch. Oh, my God. Back and forth. Back and forth. Oh, what, like, I can hardly take it. I, I can hardly take cl- it. I have my my throat hurts. Oh sure, my brain hurts. I watch the game by myself. My heart hurts. I watch the game by myself. Oh, it's the best. I honestly prefer watching the game by myself at this point because I can just uh, so laser focus. So do in. I. Because you're not watching it by yourself, Hank. You're watching it with Clipper Nation. You're watching it with me. Oh, you're that's watching right. it with all of oh, us. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it's hard to watch these Ooh. games with anybody else. Because they just don't get the sacrifices and the W's that we've seen this season specifically. We are 10 wins away from Larry OB. We are two wins away. We are two wins away from our first ever conference finals appearance. It's massive. It is massive. Yeah, man. And listen, the pressure. Massive. The pressure is on. The pressure was on. And listen, I hate. Here, let me tell you the stat I hate. I hate the when it's one and one in a seven game series, this <laughs> team that wins this one goes on to win. <laughs> but you know when I like it? When we're the team who wins. Yes. And the stat and the stat that they that, that we walked in with was yeah. in seven game series tied one to one, the team that wins game three goes on to win seventy three point five percent of the time. And we had a lot of questions coming into this game. Our bench has not exactly all the way been there. Was Patrick Beverly going to keep his mouth shut and stay on the court? Was Lou Williams gonna shake it off and get hot? Who was which scoring duo was going to be great? We we saw the Clippers play great one game. We saw the Nuggets play great one game. Who was going to play great tonight? Yeah, there were a lot of questions coming into this game, man. No who, doubt about who it. Who played great tonight, Hank? How did that? How did that end up? Like who? Who won? <laughs> well, the Clippers won. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, they listen. Sure I did. you know as we hey Pat Bev we'll played talk great about it as we go. Pat Bev was great. Tonight. He played great. Paul George was great, oh, listen, phenomenal, really great, really great. You know what's and so Pat funny? Bever- Patrick Beverly, go ahead. I literally maybe my favorite play of the entire game was a Kawhi Leonard bounce pass to Montrez Harrell underneath to send him to the line to distance the lead late. But literally, Kawhi Leonard. If he does one of these lazy NBA non-bounce pass passes that we always see where they just throw a line drive and it gets intercepted, not not all the time, but it gets intercepted, I'm telling you, a bounce pass. And even one of the Denver Nuggets had a finger on it, but because it bounced off the floor, because it wasn't that line drive, because it was a bounce pass, Clippers win. No turnover. Oh, Denver went so cold, so terribly cold at the end. I mean, in the first half, did the Clippers ever have a sizable lead at any point, Hank? No, they didn't. No, they didn't. You are bouncing all over the place, buddy, and I love it. I'm here for the frenetic nature of it. But, let's, man, let's, let's back this thing up a little bit because you're touching all of these really amazing full-game stats. So there's one I want to talk about right out the gate, and that is that Kawhi Leonard's game tonight was the game of a man who is the best player on the court. And I told you – um, that that at this point, the duo that plays better and scores higher 
wins the game so far in this series. Murray and Jokic played better than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in game two. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George played better than Murray and Jokic in game one. That's how it went. And tonight, what you saw was, even though Paul George scored 32 points and Kawhi Leonard only scored 23, I want you to take a quick listen to this. Kawhi Leonard got 14 freaking rebounds, dude. Kawhi Leonard got 14 rebounds. And I'm telling you that there were multiple possessions on the defensive end of the court, particularly in the second half, where Kawhi Leonard willed this team to a win, and it wasn't his shooting. It was not his shooting. His three would not fall. He was one for six from three. And at one point, point I even wrote in my notes, please, Kawhi, could could you stop shooting the three? Of course, he, sh- he drained his next three right after I typed that. And <laughs> I was like, maybe right I should keep did. typing this. How many assists uh, did he but get? But listen, but listen, but he got six assists, and those assists, I don't have the, I didn't track every assist. I don't score a basketball game like a baseball game, but I'm here to tell you that if, if they weren't almost, if they weren't all to the bigs, they were almost all to the bigs. He was feeding Green. He was feeding Zubats. He was feeding Montrez. But man, how wonderful to see his Zubats. Rebounding so he was literally he a guy. He just was jumping higher than the other guys. He just was pulling the rebounds down harder than the other guys. It was, I'm telling you, this and the stats back it up. This was an example of the best player on the court saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> no Look, like we're going to win this game. We're going to win this. Oh, and he I, willed man, it. Kawhi willed it. Kawhi willed it. Willed it he willed 100%. it. 100%. And he willed it with assists and rebounds at a point in the game late where we were down a lot. Uh, and it just happened to go in conjunction with Murray having a crappy shooting game. Now I'm the one who's jumping way ahead, way ahead. But man, hey, we're just ta- we're all Leonard's talking about the same. We're all talking about the same game. I'm happy to jump from quarter to quarter. I'm happy to jump earlier this season. We're talking about a huge, guaranteed Clipper W. We needed it and we got it. To be down one two. For these guys, I, I wouldn't necessarily freak out, but look at how the Clipper Twitter, Twitter sphere went bananas, how they unraveled when we were tied 1-1, and I hearken back to when we were tied 2-2. Here we are up 2-1. Look, we're the better team. We're the deeper team. They have Jamal Murray. They have the Joker. And then they have Michael Porter Jr., I guess, who's good, whatever. He kind of came on in the bubble, I Ooh, guess. He had some, man, he had some dunks. He had some dunks tonight that were terrible. Kawhi Leonard blocked <laughs> a slam dunk with his middle finger, and that is with the his, ultimate with finger. metaphor. He flipped the bird <laughs> to the Denver Nuggets offense. He's like, with this one Dude. finger. Well, look, man. We got now. Listen, we got we're, now. We're the two seed. We are the two seed. They are the three we seed. We had more and losses. You really saw in the first quarter. Excuse me. You saw in the first quarter how equally matched these two teams are. I mean, we ended 33-32 at the end of the first quarter. Oh, yeah. And both teams were shooting over 56%. But previous, previously to that, previously on there was Clipcast. this really amazing stretch. There was this amazing stretch where we were 7 of 10, and they were 7 oh, of yeah. 10. And then they were 8 of 11, and we were 8 of 11. And it was just a it was literally shootout. Like, um, who is going to... Who's going to miss first? Well, it's real we cold did. in Denver, uh, and it's real hot in Los Angeles. We also had more wins than them, and they had more losses than us. By a couple of games, I believe they had four more losses, and we had three more wins. Regardless, we're deeper. The depth, I think, uh, is obviously a factor on why we got these two wins. And then, of course, like you just said, Kawhi Leonard. 
Paul George put on a show tonight. Paul George was yeah, he really did. I, I'm gonna you want me to jump around. My Hank's player of the game is Paul George. That's my Hank's player of the game. Oh my god, easily. I I he was five of seven from three. Five of seven Sick. from three, dude. He was great. Sick. He was great. I'll tell you something. Oh I don't want to. Forty big minutes. Those shoulders are strong. He can carry a team on him. Apparently, forty out of forty-eight. I love it. I love it. So you're telling me it's thirty-two, thirty-one at the yeah. end of one. Clippers up one at the end of the first quarter, right? Clippers up. Clippers up one, and then oh, second quarter. All three of our bigs had two fouls early in the second quarter, which made me right. very nervous. Oh, oh nervous. Um, Calling all purposes. They were Calling on a sev- all they were in a purposes. Run. Oh, so purposes. Yeah, you got purposes. Uh, they were in a seven-zero run at that point. Paul George and right, Paul George. George was phenomenal tonight. Paul George brought the heat tonight, my friend. Yeah. yeah, he was the best he's looked. But let's talk about their guy, the Joker. Yeah, I hate him. Anyway, who do you think Hank has defended Joker the best? Maybe not the series, but tonight. Tonight, who defended Joker the best? Was it Zubats? Was it Montrez Harrell? Or was it J. Mike, J. Michael Green? Um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't break down their games like that. But I will tell you, in the second quarter, when Green came in and Zoo was in foul trouble, uh-huh. Green played great on him. Yeah, he, he got did. some steals on him. He, he was, he really rattled. J. Michael Green is Batman. He rattled uh, the Joker. Jokic in the second quarter. Yes. It was Green. 100%. J. Mike. 100%. I mean, Zoo was great on him, but Zoo also kept getting fooled. Zoo's a true center. He kept getting fooled. Zoo can't uh, defend the so three. I, I think Green, but that's the eye test because I'm not looking at stats on how they actually individually covered him. But at a moment where I thought, oh, we're in a lot of trouble, Green's coming in and playing Jokic, he's a savvy defender. Oh, I love man. J. Mike, man. He's a savvy defender. And so that was good. at a moment yeah. that was actually right after a moment. Talk to me, Hank. Where I re I, I was looking at the numbers and realized uh-huh. uh, we have forty I want to say it was like we had forty nine points 50-ish. and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were combined for twenty five and half. I was thinking uh I'm glad they're playing so well but we we have one of the deepest teams in the league mm. and our two stars have more than half the points right is this okay and then we went in a ten. Well, then we wanted a 10-point run, yeah, a 10-1 run, yeah, and we I kind of went, oh, okay, everything's okay. Everything's Anything okay. we do is okay. Um, but you really – it continues to be the question, um, when when are Montrez and Lou uh, – Lou in particular, when is their shooting going to pick up? I mean, we're winning games. I'm happy we're winning games, but – but I, at the moment, we, we've Lou only seen Lou really, really go off in a loss. That's it. We've really only seen Lou go off offensively in a loss. Four of he was four of eleven tonight. But you know, also he's plus twenty when he's on the floor with twenty eight minutes. He, you know, he's he's play, he got five rebounds. He had some crucial um, he got three makes assists. He got tonight. and and he crucial. got two steals. He got two really big steals for us. But you know, in plus twenty is the biggest of the plus minuses, which of course is not a perfect stat. Um, but but it's not to rag on Lou because you know how much I love him. It's just when he when his shots really start to fall, this league is screwed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> screwed. When Montrez when Montrez and Lou go when we when we clearly have the four twenty club when we have four yeah. guys doing twenty or more, then everyone is completely screwed because then you sprinkle in Marcus Morris, obviously, you know Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green, by the way. What a testament to this organization, finding Jamichael Green, keeping Jamichael Green, holding on to yeah. Jamichael Green. 
because he's not one of these splashy, flashy pickups like a Marcus Morris from New York, right? We just got Jamichael, and we held on to him, and he has been so crucial. He was great for us last year in a losing effort in round one with Golden State, but even more so, we just need him. He is there. He's one of the nine, ten guys that Doc is going all in on. And it's and it's working. Here we are up to one. Obviously, we won in six in round one. Now we have the chance to win in five. Now we have the chance to win in six. It all comes down to game four, which I believe my sources are telling me is Wednesday night. I I'll tell, I have a little bone to pick with TNT's coverage of Clipper playoff oh basketball. Why, is it, why? Because they don't love us? Is it just me? <laughs> or did no. round one seem like it was Dallas's local coverage? And doesn't round yeah. two seem like it's Denver's local coverage? How they won't shut up yeah. about how great Jamal Murray is and how great Joker yeah. is. What? Where is the complimentary how great Kawhi Leonard is, how great well, Paul they, George they, is? They gave a little love, but there was one moment where literally Murray couldn't buy a bucket, and their comment their comment was, he wasn't good on the night, and they still said something along the lines of, oh, he's usually so good. <laughs> oh, and, and, like, and, and they well, keep saying, well, tonight, you know so he's going. Game, dummies. <laughs> he's going to hit one of these shots eventually. It's like, yeah, yeah that's dude, what they said. Play, At some point, he's going to hit a shot. He did Versus a chicken. One of these days, the chicken's going to beat you in tic-tac-toe. But he you didn't. play enough but he chicken didn't. tic-tac-toe. No. No. But he didn't. And, and spoiler no, he alert. And he's spoiler done. alert. Murray's shot he finally hit was a layup that the Clippers let him hit with second with 26 le- seconds left in the game because they didn't want him to get the and one, and they knew they had the game in the bag, and they just wanted him to get his turdy little layup and walk away. Let me really quickly wrap up this Jermichael Green thing. Um, at the point where Green was in, um, the Denver was plus 12 in the paint on the Clippers in the first half. Um, and that is, and I, I have to say green stopped the bleeding for us on Jokic. He stopped the bleeding because Jokic just was having his way with zoo and with Montrez and prancing into the paint and this beautiful, <laughs> he was prancing. High, that's right. He's prancing, prancing. prancing. Oh, wow. this high art, this high arcing, like push shot that um, Jokic has is so frustrating. It's like he steps right past the free throw line and puts this hierarchy shot, but it looks like it goes like 150 feet in the air and just drains. The guy is a great yeah, touches shooter, the rafters. a great player. Well, he's especially uh, the best center Green in the nice game. And, and like I said earlier, Zubats is a true center. He is not used to having to guard a three-point shooter. It's just not in his DNA because he's a true center. The Clippers... Yeah. I loved this game because, yeah, we were playing catch-up a little bit, but unlike game two where we were just playing catch-up the entire GD game, we didn't let them knock us in the mouth like they did in game two, quarter one. We had we were up no. one at the end of one. We're down two at the half. I believe we're down four at the end of three. And then look at that in the fourth quarter. We just shut them down. Our defense clamped down, locked down. We started making our shots when we needed to. The Clippers are feeling it right now. We look good. I love this team. Obviously, if if you're a fan of the show, you're not just learning this fact from me. But the guys, it's, it's not just one guy. Yes, it is Kawhi Leonard who willed this victory. But the contribution from Paul George, who was, I believe, the leader in points 
I don't have the stats in front of me. The contributions from Lou. He, our bench was not very good in the first half. Our bench was excellent in the fourth quarter. Montrez Harrell, Jermichael Green, fantastic. Pat Beverly in limited minutes. What were his minutes total tonight? He came in there, smallest 21. guy on the – Okay. And every game, they're going to just keep on adding two or three minutes to it. Two or three minutes. So he's yeah, in the low Pat, 20s Pat right Beverly now. Was, Pat Beverly was nice tonight, and he was especially nice on Murray. You know, he uh, he really had Murray tied up. He really was a problem. And also, even though it didn't always hit the mark, um, you know, it's a very dangerous time to be uh, a loose cannon NBA fan that watches things happen in slow motion and then critiques what a what a pro athlete does. There were multiple times where Pat Beverly got hold, dove, and got hold of a ball and chucked it over his back while he was flying out of bounds. And two out of three times, that went into the hands of the Nuggets. Right. Um, and I think it's easy for fans on social media to be like, oh, Pat Beverly keeps throwing it away. He was literally like... It was like the Kobe Bryant going for a dunk pose where his arms and legs are flying behind him, but he was catching the ball and chucking it behind him. The hustle on Pat oh, yeah. Beverly. He's diving for loose helped. balls. I'm I'm unaware of this Kobe yeah. Bryant reference that you made, but he's just diving no, for loose balls. You know, there, you know, the heart, there's that the tenacity that like he is a junkyard dog. And I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. He's flinging his body. There was one point yeah. where when Kawhi Leonard blocked the dunk with his middle finger. Papev didn't realize that Kawhi actually didn't even touch it last, and he, he flings his body out of bounds to try to save a ball that he didn't need to save. It would have been clipper ball. But this team showed how strong they are, and it also, I, I hope, and we'll see what happens, but I hope it silenced the doubters because, guys, we won round one in six, okay? We've never done that before. We've never won round one in less than seven in the Doc River Clippers era. You know, obviously, we've talked about it ad nauseum. You got to go back 14 years to the last time we won in less than seven in the playoffs when we beat Denver in six. Hopefully, we're going to beat Denver in five because, guys, just calm down. Calm down. It's a long and winding road, the NBA playoffs. A road that Kawhi Leonard has been on many, many, many times. Has led two different franchises to the promised land and been NBA Finals MVP with two different teams. He's looking to do it a third time. He gets it. It is an arduous process. Trust the process. It is not going to happen overnight. And we are not, no one in the playoffs is going to sweep their way in Cue uh-uh. the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat. No. 7-0. and Look like they could do it. Oops, you lost an OT. No one's going to go 16-0. and It's not on the table anymore. So here we are, no, man, 10 wins away. Relax, 10 Clipper wins Nation. away, man. And Enjoy listen, this it. is going to be a battle. This series is going to be a battle. When you, have, when you have two teams shooting this similarly in their field goal percentages, and it comes down to other stat lines determining the game, oh, yeah. there was a point... There was a point with five minutes left to play in the third quarter where we were shooting a better shooting percentage than them. But we were but losing. They had made, <laughs> but, they had put up, but they had put up 14 more shots. Yes. And on the game, they ended up with five more offensive rebounds. They just kept yes. pulling down offensive boards. And at that yeah. point, was Zoo went out with his fourth foul and only had five points was a come-to-the-Lord kind of moment for the Clippers because the question was, can one of these backup bigs come in and do more? And not keep just getting fouls and just keep sending Jokic to the free throw line. And, man, 
They did. You know, somehow yeah, we pulled did. back. We were only down three. And at that point, for how much I have said, when is Lou going to get hot? And overall, he didn't have an incredible game. No, but he, he hit him in the fourth. He did have a 5-0 run by himself with two oh, yeah. minutes left in the third to put us up. Yeah. To yeah, put us can, up. Second half, Lou was phenomenal. Montrez looking more like Montrez every single game. We are going to have a big... 30-point Montrez Harrell, 20-plus-point Montrez Harrell playoff performance. We're going to get that. We haven't gotten it yet, and it's a head-scratcher. We've gotten plus 20 from Lou, I believe, once in the playoffs, like I said, in a losing effort, a bit of a head-scratcher. So is this because we're trying to now have this kind of new playoff identity? No. We're, we're still the Clippers. They keep saying they hang their hat on defense. They're a nasty defensive team. Montrezl Harrell, great on D. Obviously, Lou Williams, maybe not the best defender. He plays good team defense, but obviously he's not known for his D. He is there for his offense. But who is known for their D is Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Pat Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, Marcus Morris. These guys are defenders. These guys are elite-level defenders so yeah it looks like wow we're gonna win some basketball games unlike the regular season this this these stat lines look nothing like the regular season if you like if you look at the playoff averages of Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell they are far below their regular season averages and then look at Kawhi Leonard's averages in the postseason yes he didn't have 30 point games these past two games but his averages are going up in the postseason so this is this is the journey it's crazy this Which is, is what crazy we're dealing with this is the journey and enjoy it I mean my god 81 games down in this crazy nutty season the longest season in NBA history in the calendar year it is absolutely bananas that you and I are talking on Labor Day about the round two Clipper playoffs. I mean, this is nuts. We're here in September. It's even, Chris, what's even crazier is that we're st- we still, you talk about 81 games, we, st- we still should play Wednesday's game before the playoffs even start. That's what's even more bizarre about it. We've got, we're this deep into the playoffs, and you make a really good point. Yes, some shooting percentages are down. Well, guess what? We're playing two of the best teams in the Western Conference. Right. Every game. Every We're not game. playing any junky teams. No. And by the way, uh, this this Denver Nuggets team is looking a little bit by a, like a live by the three, die by the three kind of team. So as much as our perimeter D can push out there and stop their shots and disrupt their passing, uh, the more that we can do that, the more that we have a real shot to do this. And in the third quarter, the urgency came up for the Clippers. You know how much I despise the flip the switch analogy in the NBA that it like, I just can't stand it, but there is no doubt that the Clippers got really serious about D in the third quarter. Oh, yeah. That was when Kawhi started getting really crazy, pulling down boards um, and, and, and things. And that, and at that point also Porter got hot. He was putting on a dunk show, but then Pat Beverly started picking pockets. Uh Oh, and Murray, at this point, we realize is four of fourteen, quietly stinking up the court. Uh, <laughs> but but man, Clippers. But man, Paul George too. Paul George too pulled down a rebound, then turned around and hit a three. Oh yeah, you know, and that was after Doc Rivers' timeout near the end of the fourth quarter. Like you just, I I I am so sad that NBA fans are so quick to to harsh the coach because people saying bad things about Doc Rivers to me. They feel misinformed 
Like we come out of t- we do really well out of timeouts, and tonight tonight we came out of a timeout to a five zero run. Oh yeah, you know the coach. It doesn't matter what the coach does if the players aren't hitting their shots. Right, that's just get, the truth. Yeah, he's getting them to their spots, and they need to hit their shots. The Clippers held the Denver Nuggets to nineteen fourth quarter points. The Clippers were plus. 10, 29 to 19 in the fourth quarter. And that literally is the ball game because they went into the fourth down four. They went into the second half down two. And now all of a sudden they win the fourth quarter by plus 10. And that is why the Clippers are the victors. They played so well in that second half. And it was a frustrating second quarter. It was a frustrating first half. I know we were up at the end of one, but I was frustrated in that second quarter. I'm seeing a dozen, uh, a double digit dozen lead by the bad guys and I'm like come on Clips where are you guys where is the rally point it's streaky streaky NBA basketball when's our streak gonna happen and what's crazy is we just kind of banged away at him and tightened the clamps on defense and just played Clipper basketball and that's what we needed we we didn't actually necessarily yeah yeah, we went on some runs but mostly the runs we were going on is because we just got the stops that we needed to get Clippers great W yes Oh, so, yes, yes, key stops. Yes, 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 100%. I, I, uh, let's take a look at the two wins that we've gotten. Game one was a massive blowout. It was literally everyone in the league was like, oh, God, Clippers are for real. They might actually sweep the Denver Nuggets. Holy crap. Game two, Denver comes back disproving my theory if the Clippers have six guys in double digits we always win because we had seven guys in double digits and we lost and then here tonight we win a relatively close one although it just didn't feel close because like I said in the fourth quarter we beat them by 10 we were just the better team throughout that fourth quarter and it just seemed to me like Denver just ran out of gas ran out of options they don't have the depth They are not as talented as the L.A. Clippers. I I like us for one of our future wins, by the way, to have that commanding knock them down, beat them by 20 or 30. Because this is a team. I don't know if we I don't know if we get it in this. I I think uh, we're going to get one. I think we're going to get one in this. One more. Don't forget, man. But please don't forget. I mean, we were t- it, this game was tied 101 to 101. I mean, yeah, we won by 10 points, but geez, Louise, it was a barn burner. No, no, we it won the quarter by 10. We won the up. game by six because we were down four going into the fourth, but we won the fourth quarter right. by 10. We won six, but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a chew on your fingernails. Come on, clips, but but I I, I was never calling all purposes in the final minutes. I, I was very no confident. no no me neither. And the team me looked. Neither. Gr- Zubat's fouling out was almost a blessing, to be quite honest, because Montrez Harrell came in and was phenomenal and doing things, by the way, that Zubats just can't physically do. So I, I thought tonight was a great, gutty win. I think the guys are going to have all the confidence in the world going into Game 4. We saw Denver come back and really, really knock us in our teeth first quarter Game 2. We cannot let that yeah. happen game four, and I just don't see it happening because now, think about Denver Nuggets, have played every other day since the birth of these playoffs. They literally have played every other day since playoff bubble basketball. And so, yes, they're, they're this is their groove, and what we saw tonight was this is who the Denver Nuggets are. So I, I don't think it's going to go back and forth 
win loss win loss win loss i really don't Boy, think I, I do i i don't think it's going to go man. to 7 i don't murray, think it's murray to doesn't seven. listen i hope you are right as usual i really hope you are right i don't think jamal murray every every game shoots like he shot tonight I just don't think he does. We 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 were very. I I, I almost want to go back and watch the replay tonight. Ooh, I might do it. I might. I, yeah, I, I might really do want to watch well. the replay tonight and just track Murray. Because um, was his two of seven because he was getting defended so hard, but, or was also, he just having a bad shooting night? Or, or two maybe of seven three five of seventeen. Yeah, that's or terrible for him. Or maybe anyone. Maybe Jamal Murray played really well versus Utah. Maybe like having Mike really Conley well versus us in game two. These guys one were, game. These guys looked like the Golden State Warriors draining threes. So that's my question. Like but I told you before, early on, you go you go Jokic against the Donovan Mitchell, who is like a scoring point guard, who's just like score, 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 guard, 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 points, points, points. Donovan Mitchell, the Spider Man, is known for offense, not defense. Okay, Jamal Murray, known yeah. for offense, not defense. Now he's going up against. Pat Beverly, who's literally known for defense. So I just think this is a much more gummy, tougher matchup for Jamal Murray. I think Jamal Murray got to shine in the versus Utah because he's going up against old, washed-up Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, who only cares about getting 100 points a game as opposed to playing defense. And that went to seven. So I think Jamal Murray's round one was – Round one, round two, you're not, you're not, I guarantee you versus the Clippers, Jamal Murray takes like a double digit collapse in point production round one versus round two. And we'll see, we'll see when it's hindsight. Well, we, well, we saw it tonight. We and we'll saw look it in tonight. The rear view. Now remember, now remember when we came in tonight, I said a stat to watch for is that Yo- when Jokic and Murray play better than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they win and vice versa. Now, you said we won the fourth quarter by how many points? Ten points. Okay. Well, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard outscored Jokic and Murray by nine points tonight. There you so, go. So, so I'm here to say Murray's shooting. It's look. We, it's very easy to look at the stat lines and say what it really came, what a win or loss really came down to. But man, Murray Murray makes two more shots. Then two of seven, he goes even 50% from three, and it's a very different game. And again, I'm very tempted to go back and see, was he just locked down? But I feel like they had less points, open shots. Jamal Murray, not but very tell, impressive. But I'll tell you Hank. something else. I, yeah. But I will tell you, no, his shoot is two of seven. Five, what did I say? Five of 17 from the field or something like that? Yeah, yeah, five of 17. But let me say points. this. Lame. Guy's a lame. Here's something. There's a stat that we have never, ever in the history of Clipcast talked about that I'm going to bring up right now that okay. I think is a great sign for us. Yeah. It's a great sign for us. Yeah. We scored a zero in two stat lines. Zero techs and zero flagrant fouls. Oh, that is and nice. And for a team like us. Sure. I think that is. We wear our heart on our sleeves. We wear our heart on us. our sleeves. A lot of us. Montrez certainly does. Uh, and and Pat excuse me for certainly say, does. Excuse me for saying hard on. <laughs> <laughs> we wear our heart on our sleeve. Uh, and and Pat Beverly only had two personal fouls. Marcus Morris only had one personal foul. Now, yeah. Zubats fouled out, and our other bigs were in foul trouble early. But but Zubats fouled out because— That's great. Jokic is a beast who's going, you know, scoring over 30 points, and you got to put a body He's on him. He's also— and, 
He's also just not a true center. Jokic is just not a center. Like no, we unicorn. talked all the time about Blake Griffin is like the best passing big man we've ever seen. <laughs> Turns out there's maybe someone who's a little bit bigger and a little bit better passer, and it's Jokic. He's yeah, bananas. He did, ha- he did have a handful of turnovers, though, Jokic, and I think that's his Achilles heel, much like Luka Doncic. Uh, his Achilles heel is the turnovers. I just think at the end of the day, oh, I thought his Achilles these... heel was literally his heel when Morris stepped on it. Yeah. <laughs> <Take that laughs> Good one, Hank. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Uh, Hank texted me before the game. He goes, It turns out uh, Jokic with his injured wrist will play, but don't worry, Marcus Morris will kick him in the wrist. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see it. Not yet. I love Morris so much. I, Morris looks great. Look, Marcus Morris is great is tonight. Fantastic. Yeah, he, he didn't did He didn't have the a ton of points. He had 12 points, right? No, but, but he was key. No, he's just a a beast. He's a bully. He is a beast bully bruiser. Some L.A. Laker fan I was hanging out with at the beach, he goes, he goes, how come Marcus Morris is just so much better than Markeith Morris? And and honestly, I don't know because they actually came into the league. I want to say Markeith was drafted just ahead of Marcus Morris, and they were very similar. They were at one point on the same team. Maybe it was Phoenix. They, They were very similar in their skill set, and Marcus Morris absolutely has distanced himself away from his twin brother. And who knows? It might be brother versus brother in the Western Conference Finals. It might be father versus son in the Western Conference Finals. But before we get there, we got to get through the Denver Nuggets. I take a look at these three games. I take a look at the two and one Clippers. I take a look at game one where Denver just ran out of gas in from the second quarter on. And then I take a, a look at tonight where Denver Nuggets ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. They truly just ran out of gas. This might be that team, man. I just, the Clippers haven't even really been like, uh, you know, I remember uh, Farbod tweeted something, and I talked about it on the last show. The Clippers are finally looking like the Clippers. I I, I disagree with that. I, I think the Clippers have looked like the Clippers throughout because, you know, it's the damn Clippers, and that's who they are. These are who the guys are. But it's like we said earlier, Marcus Moore, excuse me, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams are not getting the points that we used to see them get in the regular season. They're going to come back so stronger. We're going to see a game or two or ten where they light it up. We just haven't seen it yet produce a W. But it's they're doing, they're doing the nuts and bolts. And, yeah, they don't have splashy 20-plus point games yet. But they're out there. I just I take a look at this 2-1 and one Clippers team in these three games. I just I just see a deeper team that doesn't run out of gas. In the game two loss, they couldn't miss the Nuggets. They shot the ball freakishly well. It was an anomaly. That wasn't because we ran out of gas. They just shot the ball freakishly well for one quarter, and then we had to play catch-up for the rest of the damn game. We allowed 40-plus points in the first quarter. I just don't see them being able to do that more than one or two quarters for the rest of this series. The Clippers are just a deeper, better team. I like Clippers in five, man. I really do. I, I like the Clippers oh, your going up 3-1. God's ears. I love it. I, I want us to rest. And we're going to be up 3 I got to backpedal a little. You you got me thinking about the Marcus Morris, Markeith Morris comparison. comparison and I went yeah. to land of, I went to landofbasketball.com. Shout out landofbasketball.com. Oh, it's the best um, for stats. You, you you look straight down the the comparison of Marcus and Markeith in their nine seasons. They put they went to the playoffs four times each, and literally, it's less than one. It is fractions of differences in every single stat Category. line. Marcus twelve point one points per game. Marquise Morris eleven point four, and it goes like that all the way down the stat line. And I think what you're seeing 
um, is the role that he plays and what we need him to play. But when Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris first joined their prospective teams, respective teams, I thought Marquise out the gate looked Markeith looked a little better out the gate. Marcus Morris had a little it it took a little time for him to get up to speed with us. But has he ever gotten up to speed with us? Like he's so so much more than his reputation. He's so much more than his tough, hard as nails, gritty play. He's so much more than that. He's also the best. He's he's like the Doc Rivers dream player because he never quits on defense, and Doc loves veterans. Like, Doc loves veterans. So the fact that Marcus Morris, we we dished Jerome Robinson, you know, and people don't cry for me, Argentina. Jerome Robinson was never impactful, and maybe – Maybe it was because he was playing under Doc Rivers, who doesn't love rookies, doesn't love second-year guys. He does have a crush on Landry Shamit. Landry Shamit's getting, you know, good minutes. But even look at Landry Shamit's minutes. Yes, Doc made the adjustment in round one to put Landry Shamit in the starting unit, and it worked while Pat Beverly was licking his wounds. And by the way, Pat Beverly is back. But Marcus Morris is that perfect fit for a Doc Rivers system, and Doc Rivers, to a fault in the past, loves his veterans. But now he's got the right veterans. And to be my own devil's advocate, we got a real gnarly defensive player of the year veteran sitting on the bench getting no minutes, Joe Kim Noah. So... Doc Rivers yeah. may be evolving here, folks. Maybe Doc Rivers is evolving slightly and not only playing the old guard. He's actually getting – look, he's just got the better team, Doc Rivers. He's got the better staff. Well, Mike Malone, yeah. by the yeah, way, yeah. crying. Mike Malone crying about how his family can't be with him in the bubble. Meanwhile, Doc Rivers gets his son in the bubble with the Austin Rivers. So the NBA uh, must just prefer the Clippers, and they must hate Mike Malone <laughs> and Mike Malone's family. <laughs> You tweeted that out, and another, and one of our one of our followers very quickly pointed out, yeah, but he sent home his son-in-law. <laughs> That's right, and Ricky Chu responded, he's not a blood relative. He's not I a blood Ricky relative. Chu. Yeah, dude, Ricky you know, Chu, Doc you Rivers. getting any sleep, buddy? With There's that the, newborn baby, Ricky Chu, you getting yeah, any sleep, buddy? No, he is beautiful not. Beautiful baby. He's not getting no, any sleep. No, beautiful baby. And, and, he doesn't and by like the way, to sleep anyway. Ricky, you won't sleep again ever in your life. You're a dad ever. now. I love never Ricky again. Chu. He's You'll a great fan, great supporter of the podcast. I'll tell you, Doc Rivers might be... The only coach in history to knock his son-in-law out and knock his son out in the playoffs, but we'll see what happens. Uh, did you watch any of the uh, Rockets Lakers game one or two at all? Uh, I, I I followed here and there. Typically, here's the truth. Here's the real truth, Clippers fans. Yeah. I got two small kids, sure. and we got pl- playoff basketball every other night of the week. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, um, I my, when when it is not a game night. I don't watch basketball. When the Clippers aren't playing, I don't watch. That's fine. Because my wife and I need to have time to watch our shows and snuggle up and do all the things that couples do. Pretty gross. So I'm always, I'm always sneaky watching. The, I mean, sit on the couch and not talk to each other. <laughs> yes, Hank. Uh, I'm sneaky watching the score. I sometimes I catch second, third quarter. Um, it's you know, I, I thought the I thought the Rockets might have gone up 2-0. It didn't go that way, but it's quite a matchup. I was I think literally it's go Lakers flabbergasted though. by Frank Vogel in game one. And I understand LeBron James did not score at all in the fourth quarter, which, you know, bummer. But Frank Vogel with two and a half minutes left and the L word is down like a I don't know, twelve or thirteen, just gave up. He was like, nah, sit Anthony Davis and sit LeBron James. Bah, and that, bah, that was bah, shocking bah. to me. Shocking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, my alarm just sounded that the guy 
across the microphone from me will Broadcast not stop partner. turning this into LakerCast. <laughs> no, why why I, are you turning this into L Word Cast? This is I the ClipCast. Please cap. stop recapping that game. I tip my cap to Doc Rivers, who trusts his <laughs> yes. stars, who trusts no, that his team can come back, that he trusts that a lot can happen in two and a half NBA minutes. I, I was just flabbergasted. And unfortunately, I don't think we'll, have, we'll be able to see Frank Vogel get outcoached by Doc Rivers because I have well, a you don't think funny they get out. feeling. I have a funny you don't feeling think about Dan Tony. But who gives a crap? Because right now I want to talk about the three games in round two that matter the most. These Clippers up 2-1 versus Denver. Yeah. Here, hey. comes, here comes game four Wednesday. I think the Clippers have all the momentum here. I think there is no possible way that Denver can have a repeat performance of that first quarter in game four like they did game two. I mean, take oh, a look. Oh, at- I do. I think they can, buddy. I uh, think no, they can. We Both teams I are th- shooting. I, I think what you like saw tonight. of times. What you saw tonight. But they they were but they, they were shooting 60%. It's just Murray. It's just Murray. They would have been 70% if Murray had been hitting his shots. I think they still can do it. I'm not saying they will, but they are a great shooting team. Murray. But I just was, think they're a first quarter team. Tonight. They're a first quarter team. They run out of gas. It, like they score 32 points in the first quarter and then they never break 30 for the rest of the game in any quarter. It's 27, it's 29, it's 19. I just don't think this team's got four quarters in them. Certainly not four times versus the Clipper defense. I, I, I think Utah was so an what's ideal your call? situation. Clippers in five. You say Clippers in five. A hundred percent. Clippers in five, and they are certainly going up three one uh, Wednesday night. And I can't fucking wait. oh excuse me, but I can't fucking wait. Oh <laughs> come on! Sorry, you I'm made fired it up. This far, I'm fired up. It's, it's forty-one it's thirty a, in the broadcast. It's the GD. It it's out. the GD playoffs. I'm fired up, and I'm looking at a team in the Nuggets that literally every game score a lot of points in the first quarter, and then they run out of gas in wins and losses. So, I, well, I'm buddy, sorry. you're I'm listen. Sorry. Your sorry, lips, not your sorry. lips to God's ears. Early on, I thought this was probably going to be a six-game series for us. I loved how we looked tonight. Um, I do think that the question going into the next game is Jamal Murray shooting. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, we as Clippers fans have never had a player like Kawhi Leonard who changes and who gets better over the course of the postseason. We've never seen it. We've never seen it. We've never Mm -hmm. seen a guy go two for four from the free throw line and then in the clutch drain both of them. We've never seen a guy put up blocks with one finger. We've never seen a guy do what we've never seen a guy just decide to start winning. It's a very few players in the NBA in the history of the NBA who can just look at a seven-point deficit and just decide to start winning. And what I really love that we saw, and this is especially in the fourth quarter, is that old Doc adage that offense starts with what, Chris? Defense. It starts with defense, and we were getting blocks, and Pat Beverly was picking pockets, and then oh, Mark, yeah. and then Marcus Morris got a block. Oh, it, like, yeah. Everybody, everybody was just stopping him, stopping him, stopping him. So I, I think – I think that we've we learned some stuff tonight. I do think that you know you have to choose one of these guys to try to shut down, uh, and we're just gonna have to see. Like, can all the rest of them stay hot from three, even if I, Morris does get good? You know, they weren't all hot tonight. It was Harris was two of four, Murray was two of seven, Jokic was three of eight, Grant was one of six, and Craig was zero of two from three. 
Like that is a that is a that is a thirty two point. That's very interesting to me. Three that point is, percentage is terrible. That is very so. Jokic was three for eight because at one point he hit three three. threes in a row. In a row. And yeah, then that means that he it. literally missed every other three on either end of that, which is very crucial. I am here to tell you. I am here to tell you about the Denver Nuggets because they are our opponent. They are who we have to get yeah. through to do something we've never yeah. done in franchise history, go to the conference finals. And then I have a fun little thing I want to talk to you about before I let you go, Hank. But I'm here to talk to about talk to you about the Denver Nuggets. They are a first quarter basketball team in every single game. In this series, they have scored the most of their points in the first every game. So know that Good. in game they four. Hot. Because okay. guess what? If the Clippers can actually shut them down in the first quarter, that's a guaranteed W. Know that, oh, maybe we're down in the first quarter, but also know that three out of three games in these playoffs, Denver scores the most in the fourth, and then they run out of gas. Even in the one win that they got, which I hope will be the only win they get, because my God, I want these guys to be rested Yes. Here's something fun I want to talk to you about, Hank. This is completely off topic. Well, not truly off topic because it's about the Clippers. 2024, Steve Ballmer just hired some big sexy agent to name the ball sack, the Ballmer Sports Access Center, the new Clippers Arena in Inglewood. It's going to be named something. Who knows what it's going to be named. But let's just call it the ball sack for short, the Ballmer Sports Access Center. It opens in 2024. In a perfect world, we have banners to hang up, Okay. Yeah. In a in a perfect world we have championship banners. Obviously if you win it all, if you if you are the NBA champions of that season, you don't also put that you were the Western Conference champs, right? You put a Western right. Conference championship banner up when you get to the finals and lose. My question to you is two part. One, what what banners do you predict will be hanging in the rafters in 2024? And two, and this is what I really want to get at, do we hang up our two Pacific Division champion banners. Pacific Division okay, champion so banners. Okay, so here's what I think. I have, I have a very clear answer for you on this. I think that if you have more than one championship banner in 2024, mm-hmm. then, you, then you don't hang Pacific Division banners. Okay. But you know what I take that? You know what? Gosh, I thought it's I had a t- a really I'm clear telling answer. you, it's a tip of the cap you to don't the ha- CP3. Here's, here's what it is. Blake you, era. You don't you do not hang Pacific Division banners unless you have championship banners to hang. So if we have championship banners to hang, right. sure. But I do also think that living even though we'll have our own our own arena. Mm-hmm. Even if at that point it's tw- 2020, 21, 22, 20, even if we have four Rings. Even right. if we have four <laughs> banners. Great. Amazing. The team the team across town still has seventeen. <laughs> and if you hang anything but a championship banner, all you were gonna hear is, Oh, you had to hang that many and you still but that, only have but that six. That was in Staples Center. I know, but they're still going to come. It's I don't still care the about them. The, the Mets the I know they don't, but I'm just you're asking me and I'm telling you that my yeah. opinion is you don't hang those banners. You just don't hang those banners. This isn't hockey. Do that's other what I was about to say. This you don't hang them. That's what I was about to say. Is growing up a New Jersey Devil hockey fan. Yeah, they hung up their Patrick Division champion banner, and I remember that season well. It was a Cinderella season. 
It was the mid to late 80s. I want to say it was 87, 88. Everyone counted us out. We came in at the eight seed and won our way into, uh, you know, round three and lost. But we were the Patrick Division champions, and it is a point of pride. And, yes, they have won Stanley Cup since then. And those banners hang in the rafters of The Rock in Newark, New Jersey. Gross. But I think that's cool. I think it's a tip of the cap to Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan. And I think in 2024, we're going to have lots of things in the rafters. I hope. Yeah. Look, I want to. I want a championship banner or two or three or four. I want. I, I will settle for any banner, to be quite honest. But I would love. Obviously, we want perfect scenario. Best case scenario, it's four championship banners. But I would love a Western Conference champs banner, something we've never been able to hang. And yeah, then but all wait, of a sudden, but wait, but wait. That, that's doll up your way. rafters. Doll up your rafters. Retire. But that's not how the NBA works. Bob McAdoo's like number. Retire DeAndre Chris. Jordan's number. Yes, but, that. but it is. Yes, if you that. go to if you go to Detroit Pistons games, there's a billion banners because they kept winning the Eastern Conference every single year. So there's conference. But that's not the division. Out the wazoo. But listen, but Chris. The, the NBA is not like it doesn't matter if you win the Pacific Division, you are not and you still are. It doesn't get it's not like the three divisions go one, two and three in the seating of the playoffs. It's by it's by win totals. So I don't think winning the division means the same thing as in basketball as it means in other sports. I suppose you could. Put I think you're strongest Western conference. I, I, yes, you could put West, a Western conference, conference banner. Champions. Hold on now. Yeah. Now you and I think your strongest that. argument is that it's not hockey. I think that's your strongest argument is that it's not hockey. You, you just don't do that in the NBA. So that's my, but, but that's you could, my question. You could do is, the conference. Are, are there? Yo, 100% you do the conference champs. Like I, like I said about Detroit, there, there, there's like it's like littered. It's like the Sistine Chapel of conference champion. No, it's also literal. It's also filled with litter. Filled with litter. By the way. All right, so here's something we haven't talked about in a long time, and I just well, you're to starting get to another topic. I thought, that, I thought you just were doing the banners topic. You're starting yet another. Well, topic? it's spun into the coveted California Cup. Only two California teams remain. Okay. Oh boy. I, I I don't even remember if Sacramento was invited to the bubble or not. I honestly, truly don't. Who will win the California Cup, and will there be a California Cup banner? Because right now. It's the L word or it's the Clippers, and we've got two wins and they've got one. We're a lot closer to knocking them out and winning that coveted California Cup. I think the California Cup should be an actual physical thing you can touch and that it should literally just be one cup that they pass around from California team to California team. Of course, this is a Chris Wilde fantasy. It's never going to happen, Hank. It's never going to happen. But do you obviously, obviously you like the Clippers winning the California Cup this year, something we haven't done since like 2012. I literally don't understand what the California Cup is. I, like, well, like, the can California we just talk Cup about? Is, is the, it whoever makes it the furthest in the yeah. season? Is that what it is? Yeah, from the state of California, there's the, the most basketball teams. The, in oh any my state. god, are you asking me who's going to make it further in the playoffs? The Clippers or the Lakers or the Kings or the or the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. Are you out of your mind? The Clippers. Yes, I am. I am out of my mind. The I'm Clippers. delirious. It's the playoffs. The Clippers. Listen, they, I. This is. The only reason I don't want to meet the Lakers in the playoffs at all is the same reason that no Clippers fan wants to, which is that we are heavily outnumbered and it's exhausting. It's exhausting. The, the hate but that you I get on up, social media, yes, but you brought up e- such a even good point. without us playing them, is so exhausting. It's but it's so. There, it's always going to be. It's always going to be a caveat unless we beat them. 
We're always going to have to hear, well, you didn't beat us. We're always going to have to hear that. So part of me feels like we have to we have to play them. And I do believe if we went head-to-head -head against the Lakers that we beat them. Yes. I think that we beat them handily. Sure. Yeah. Handily. We're better. We're just better. And Zubats against JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard or any of those guys who are not the shooter that Jokic is, that are not the shooter that Porzingis is or, or, or Freebie or whatever his name was from Dallas, like – those bigs, that's not what JaVale McGee is. That's not what Dwight yeah. Howard is. I think we beat the Lakers if we match up with them, but I think it's a great series. So, unfortunately, I think it's a great series if we play them. Unfortunately, I can't watch Prime Ticket anymore to see my sweet, sweet Brian Seaman call the games. Unfortunately, my man crush Brian Seaman, I can't see him call the games anymore, sadly. By the way, I listened to the game on the radio tonight, and it was Noah Eagle, P.S. It was not Brian Seaman calling love it on Noah, the radio. Love Noah Eagle. I'm glad that Brian didn't, didn't somehow pull rank and take that away from Noah Eagle. Noah Eagle's been great Back all in the season. day, by the way, whenever Ralph Lawler could not call a TV game, he called a radio game, but that's also old school Ralph Lawler, so it's just a different era. I'll tell you something. So, unfortunately, I can't watch Prime Ticket, and I am watching, I guess, I guess local Denver sports coverage, a channel called TNT. Anyway, so I'm watching this local Denver sports coverage from this flagship network called TNT, and they're literally saying things like, well, sometimes you build a team so that you can beat another team, and that's what these Clippers oh. That's what these Clippers did. They built themselves so they could beat the Lakers, and I thought that was such a pile of horse manure. What? That's not I said, what we did. Exactly, because the L word has been horrible for eight years in a row. They sucked. They couldn't make it to the playoffs for seven well, They're not horrible this year, buddy. They're not horrible this year, <laughs> but we didn't build. We didn't build this team to beat Anthony Davis and LeBron James specifically. Yes, that's the goal is to be better than them. And by the way, Kawhi Leonard. No, is to be better next, than everyone. To be, to be exactly, better than everyone. Exactly. And also, you can see what this organization, Jerry West, Lawrence Frank, you can see what they've been doing and designing. They got yeah, I mean, Pat we, we and needed Lou to be able to beat them. And Montrez. Now look. And they, they were got the Zubats story. and Landry, and they keep building and adding. And then Kawhi Leonard does these crazy next-level moves to literally tease the L word, to just dangle the carrot. Oh, yeah, 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 maybe you guys do have three max guys. And now they're out of the running of scoring anybody else other than Anthony Davis. So then they had to go to the scrapyard and the junk heap and pick up what's-his-name cousins. Like So they're just like scrambling to get J.R. Smith. But meanwhile, Kawhi Leonard is next level, teasing and taunting and playing psychological mind games with Jeannie Buss, and I love it. So in a way, yes, we were designed by Kawhi Leonard to beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis because Kawhi Leonard did some next-level magic stuff, like David Blaine style, to bring Paul George over and to just tease the L word, making him think when, in hindsight, he was never going there. So I can't wait, man. I cannot wait for the Western Conference Finals. But first up, I want that 3-1 edge. I do not want to handle the Twitter meltdown that will happen from hashtag Clipper Nation if we dare tie the series at 2-2 like we did versus Dallas. I want us cocksure and arrogant and and confident going up 3-1, and then you and I can clipcast again in 48 hours. It's what we need, Hank. It's what we need. I agree, best friend. <laughs> I also agree, best friend. You and I are the real 
best friends that DeAndre and Jordan and Blake Griffin never were, apparently. But we are the one-two punch of Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams off the bench. I just love those guys, and I think we're going to see a big, big game from them in this series, potentially. Hopefully, hopefully it's game four. We go up 3-1 under the bench prowess of Trez and Lou but let's just let's just see right now it's right now it's Paul George and Kawhi Leonard I mean with the obvious with the, with the rest but those guys combined for 55 points Paul George literally kicked ass tonight was fantastic and and our two superstars are doing superstar things Hank Dittman says on this show it's all about the two superstars well our two superstars are better than their two superstars so hopefully they'll be even better on game four we'll see we shall see, Hank. All right, anything else you want to get to before you sound the triumphant horn of W? <laughs> no, no, no. Please, hey, share our podcast. Share it to other Clippers fans who are sick of not hearing any Clippers news on the radio, any Clippers reports on the yeah. radio, any Clippers coverage on TNT. Rate us. Give us that five-star rating. Give us a review. Don't assume friends, that man, your Clipper Nation friends know about us. Like, even though we have been around the longest, it would shock you how people don't really – you and I have been fans for 18 years, Hank, season ticket holders, since 18 years ago. And literally, you had people who have known us for 18 years this season say, Hank, you and Chris have a Clippers podcast? We've been doing this for seven years, this show. People don't know. Don't assume they know. If you've got a friend who's a Clipper faithful, let them know. Share it. Link it. Share the link. We appreciate you all, Clipper Nation. Enjoy every day. Clipper Nation in the postseason is a celebration. It's an ovation. Don't forget. I'm feeling ovulation. Is that even possible? I don't know, Hank. I'm just feeling it. And you should too, Clipper Nation. Congrats. We're up 2-1. We are 10 games away from the promised land. 81 down, 10 to go. Sound the horn, Hank. Not even a toot-toot. Ah, it was like, he only did one toot-toot the whole show. He only does one toot-toot. I thought maybe we'd have a show without a toot-toot. Toot-toot.